We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, welcome to all my podcast listeners, and uh, happy Monday morning to those on Facebook Live. So, hope you had a great Easter weekend. Um, so, today's topic is on marketing lessons learned, and specifically, marketing lessons that I've learned. And, uh, you know, and as you can see, I'm also uh, flying solo today, so it's just going to be me, me and you. But uh, I'm privileged to, uh, or pleased to be able to, uh, to join you today and um, really want to uh, share some insights of things that I've learned. Of course, you know, I've shared a lot of marketing uh, insights over the course of this podcast over the last couple of years, or I guess about a year and a half since we've been on. Um, some of it are things that I've learned um, just through um, going to conferences or reading books or material, but, you know, a lot of what I'm share is also just from just what I learned just through my own trial and error uh, when I was working for in a corporate environment as well as as we've, um, as I've consulted with business. So, a lot of the stuff in, in here is not just those best practices that you, you read in a book or you hear in a conference, but there are things that have actually worked. And um, some of it worked after much I guess much error too. You know, we just got to pivot and just figure out ways to fix it and and all that. So this this episode is really going to be about things that I've learned. And you know, many businesses learn their marketing approach through trial and error, like I've kind of already uh, started to, to to speak about. And while it's true we can all learn from our mistakes, it's also pretty cool if we can learn without the mistakes, right? <laughs> so, so you know, I think that's also what kind of keeps a lot of business owners from moving forward. Some of the things they should be doing in marketing because they're just afraid of making mistakes. But you know, at the end of the day, we can't totally prevent mistakes. But it is possible to put knowledge on your side by learning from someone else's mistakes. So I'm hoping this episode will will help you in this in the, the, with this regard because I'm going to share some of the things that I've I've learned through my own mistakes. And so these are some of the insights that I've gained for over 25 years as a marketing professional and consultant. And, and then also can talk about how I continue to stay on my game because, you know, even as a marketing professional, as a marketing consultant, I'm paid for my marketing advice. Um, but I got to definitely make, I have to make sure that I, I stay on my game because things are always changing in marketing and just in business in general. So it's important for everyone, regardless if you're a marketing consultant or whatever business that you're in, to be constantly trying to uh, stay on your game and continually be a learner, a lifelong learner. Okay. So I'll share a little bit more about my background first. Um, I know when I first started the podcast, um, talked a little bit about my background, but I want to um, maybe uh, touch upon that again so you can understand where I come from. So I actually have a marketing degree. I got a, a four-year degree in, in marketing and my first job out of college was with uh, Coca-Cola. So I actually did a marketing intern the summer before I graduated from college, and which landed me the job. I did, a, I guess, a good enough job that they, they asked me back. They, they offered me a job before I, even, before I even graduated. 
so that was awesome because I remember uh, in those times, uh, I guess even now, you know, it's very challenging to get a, a job in your career or in, in the area that you're studying in college. And so I know a lot of my friends were, uh, you know, had a long time, took a long time to get, find a job that they, they really liked. And it was a job that actually fit what they were studying. And so I remember uh, taking a cue from one of my f- uh, older friends and he did a marketing or an internship um, with a big company and he landed a job. And so I said, Oh man, I should do the same thing. And so again, you know, learn from other people's mistakes and also from other people's successes. And so I saw what he did. And so I said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing other friends that are struggling trying to find a, a job in their, uh, in the career that they're choosing. And so I did a started doing some uh, interviewing with different companies. Uh, fortunately, our our business department had a great a career center, and so they had a lot of internships. A lot of companies were hiring, especially um, you know growing up in in San Jose. I went to San Jose State University, so you're kind of right in the middle of Silicon Valley. So a lot of tech companies were hiring for internships, but uh, I didn't want to go down that industry. So I actually saw the, the Coca Cola sign, and I thought, hey, that'd be cool. So I did an internship, worked for them for the summer, which was great because I got paid, uh, it was a paid internship, so I got paid a pretty good amount. And so not only got some great experience, but also got paid pretty good that summer. Um, and then, like I said, I got a, I got a job. So, I, you know, my first break really was started really the summer before I graduated. So um, so did that and then worked for them for a few years. And then I trans, uh, kind of moved into the uh, pharmaceutical industry where I worked for two great companies. Um, all Fortune 100, all Fortune 100 companies, and and worked for them for my last company I worked for, Bristol Myers Squibb, was about 17 years, and so all told, you know, looking at about 25 years, I was in the the corporate environment, kind of in basically about Fortune 100 companies, uh, all doing marketing and sales, and did a lot of great things there. Had a lot of successes, but also had a lot of challenges, things that didn't work out. Um, even in the, an environment like that where they're hiring the best of the best and even hiring um, people coming out of Ivy League schools and all that. So we, you know, you had a lot of talent and even not just the people that were coming out of college, but just the, the people that they've hired and uh, people that have been in, that, in those corporations for years. A lot, a lot of great talent. Um, but even there, you know, we didn't always, you know, the marketing approaches that we created, the sales approaches that we created didn't always work right out of the gate. And so, you know, one of the things you have to understand as a business owner and as you're implementing some marketing techniques and marketing strategies is that you just know that things aren't going to go 100% according to plan. And you just got to be good with that. And just, but you can't be afraid to launch a strategy and launch a plan um, and, and want to have a perfect plan, you know, because it's never, like I said, it's never always going to be perfect. So, you got to be willing to just launch and just watch and observe and analyze and make sure and, and, and pivot when you need to pivot and make some adjustments. And ultimately the plans will work well. Um, but a lot of times it just takes a, a little bit of maneuvering. So the plan itself looks good. You know, the, 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 the overall goals and the, the vision you have for the marketing plan uh, may still be good, but just the details in which you execute might have to change as you're, as you're moving forward. So one of the things you have to just to understand, you know, just in marketing in general is allow yourself to, and basically give your permit, yourself permission to, to fail. Otherwise you may never 
execute on it. And you end up just doing the same thing over and over, which isn't working or working as well as it, it could, right? So, you know, one of the things you, uh, from my experiences, you know, even with the biggest corporations with the best talent is not everything goes according to plan. So allow yourself to fail and just change, right? It's <laughs> so probably easier said than done. But uh, one of the things you, you want to do before you move forward with a marketing strategy is, well, number one, have a strategy, have a plan and actually written down, not just one in your head, not one you just talk about, but actually have it written down because most likely it's not just you executing on it, but you probably have a small team as well. So it's, it's important that everybody be on the same page. So having things in writing is very important. So as you're moving forward, you can see if you're executing well, if the things are going according to plan, if the key performance indicators that you have in place and the goals that you have in place, are you on pace to reach those goals? And if not, what do you need to do to change? And so with, with having a plan is very important, but also have set a budget marketing. Uh, too many times, and I, I ask this every time I get a new client, you know, what is your budget? And I think a lot of times they're, they don't want to say an amount. They, maybe they have an idea, but they don't want to say it um, because they think that I'm just going to try and spend all their money. Uh, but that's not the reason for the question. The reason for the question is I want to know what we have to work with and to execute on, right? Because Yes, we do want to, if you have a budget, we do want to spend it because you do have to spend the money, but we also want to know what the limits are. Um, so we figure out what is the best bang for our buck within that budget. Um, and, but a lot of times it's true that they don't have a budget. They don't have a th anything in mind. And that's, and that's dangerous because otherwise you just start spending more and more money. You never know when to stop basically. So you have to have a budget. Um, and when you don't have a budget, like I said, you end up maybe spending too much too soon, you get maybe caught up in the shiny object. Um, that's this, some other consultant or some other organization comes in and, and promises you the moon. And of course, when they promise you the moon, there it also really comes with a pretty big price tag. And then, so therefore, if you don't, because you don't have a budget, you say, okay, well, this sounds like it's going to work. So I'm going to, I'm going to invest into this. Right. Um, and I remember one uh, client I have is a, it's an interesting client. It's kind of, it, was, it was kind of an on and off, off on again, uh, off again, on again client. Um, they typically came to me when they were struggling, and then for whatever reason, whatever recommendations I make, maybe it sounded too small um, because they had a small budget. <laughs> they didn't really have a. They never really said the budget, but they were always kind of stingy with the money. But then all of a sudden this organization, another consulting group would come in or something and they would promise them the moon. And in this one case was about the website. I remember I was uh, counseling them about the website that they should build. And I just recommended, hey, look, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with, with WordPress, which is a very common platform to build websites on. And you can start with maybe a simple landing page and then build from there after you get, um, you know, a, a bigger budget to, to add to. Well, this company came in and made a pitch to them and um, promised them the moon and it cost them, you know, 30 to 40,000 to build this website. And it's a website that they didn't really like uh, for a number of reasons. And it was a fully customized website. It wasn't built on WordPress, but it was on a fully customized uh, platform. And so what happened was they never launched the website. They actually, um, they just kind of threw in the trash basically and ended up building their website on WordPress. 
because <laughs> it was less expensive and you know that's very flexible and there's a lot you can do with it you can do pretty much anything uh, on a wordpress site and so here's a you know to kind of speak to my point they didn't number one they didn't have a budget and so because of that they got kind of caught into this um this big pitch that was promising the moon and then they didn't really have a plan on building the website anyway so all i have to say is they didn't have a real plan on building the website and they didn't have a budget so which means they ended up blowing out a lot more money than they should have um and so anyways all that to say is um make sure you have a plan make sure you have a budget and then stick to the budget too even if they had a budget i think they got kind of enamored by the um you know what was being promised and so you definitely have to stick to the budget and figure out how if your goals are, are bigger, the things you want to do marketing-wise, and even just in business in general, is bigger than the budget you have, it's okay to start small and then work towards it. Right? As you get as your business grows, as you get more revenue, get more profits, then you can add more into the marketing budget. So from a budget standpoint, I always recommend and it's anywhere from 5 to 20% of total sales goes into marketing. And how that percentage breaks down all depends on industry and how many customers you need to try to reach. You know, for a retailer, you're, because you need to um, do so much more volume than, say, an accountant that's working for himself. You know, you don't have to spend, if you're just a, a solopreneur, um, just have a service, you don't need a lot of customers. Um, that just simple, good old fashioned networking and doing networking well will get the customers that you need versus a retailer that needs a lot of volume every day to keep the doors open. They have to spend more money in getting the word out. Um, so which means their, their budget their marketing budget is going to be higher than your typical account. Right? So anyway, so create a, create a budget and then, and stick to it and then start small and then work towards big. So um, like I said, even the example of the website, they didn't have to build, if they didn't have the budget to build out a whole, you know, 20 page uh, website that maybe they just build one simple one page landing page website that has all the essentials and the contact information. And then as they grow in their income, then they can add to it because one of the great things about websites, it's expandable. Um, you don't have to start with a 20 page website. You can start with a one page website and then build as you, as you have the budget to do it. The other thing about um, the marketing lessons that I learned is number one, always be a continual learner. Now, you know, I'm a marketing professional. <laughs> I'm a marketing consultant, so I'm supposed to know everything about marketing, um, supposedly. But also, you know, things are always changing, especially with digital marketing. Technology is, is always, always changing. So you have to be on your game. And so, you know, if you're, you know, in business in general, you always have to be continually learning your craft to be good at what you do, to be better at everybody else. And so I just went to a, a marketing conference recently, uh, last last weekend uh, or two weekends ago in Palm Beach. It was Marketing Mastery Live with uh, Mike Kim. He's an expert marketer and a great copywriter. Um, and I've been following him for a little bit. And so I decided to attend this conference and it was, it was awesome. It was, it was worth, it was definitely worth the money and the, the flight out there and the, and the hotel and all that stuff. 
It was definitely worth it. He brought a great team of, of marketers from different disciplines, from web design to podcasting to social media, data analytics, copywriting, and all that. And it was a great two days of, of learning and just staying up to date. Um, and also reinforcing the fact that, you know, you really should hire professionals <laughs> to do this stuff. Uh, too many times, a lot of business owners try to do everything themselves because they're trying to save money. What happens is you end up spending more money or at the very least, you waste a lot more time doing it wrong than if you just would hire professionals. And I'm not saying this just because I'm a marketing soul and I want people to hire me. You know, I mean, even for me, I hire professionals because I don't do everything. I don't do web design. I don't do social media. I can do some copy, but I'm not great at it. I can manage my social media accounts if I wanted to and all that. And I, and I do for the most part. But, but even for me, I, I, I hire out great people that can do great work and make me look good. You know, the worst thing you can do is try to create your own little flyer that looks like you created it yourself. <laughs> you know, it's obvious that you did it yourself versus having a, a great web designer or a great graphic designer in this case that can create a great postcard flyer for one, an event I'm doing next month. Um, and to, to put your base foot forward, because, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but unfortunately we all do it. We all judge a book by its cover. We all judge whether we should biz do business with the, uh, someone based on the look of their website or the look of their marketing collateral. And, you, you know, you name it. You go on and on and on. So not only be a continual learner, but also hire a professional that just does this day in and day out. So I have a great graphic designer and web designer that I use for, for my clients on projects, but also for my own stuff. Recently, I had somebody text me and, and say, hey, how, how do I how do I do this kind of great design to, to create a brochure that makes it, makes it look great like you, like you have? Cause I'll, apparently she saw something that I, I did and I just, I texted her back. I said, hire my designer. <laughs> Basically it's what it came down to is that, you know, I don't, I'm not a designer, so I can't give you design tips. Number one. So hire a good designer. And, um, you know, because you spend all this money, uh, putting your business together or just say, for example, uh, putting an event together, you obviously want people to come. And so a lot of times people are going to make decisions on whether or not they should invest their time and money into your event by the quality of your flyer. And if they're, if they, if they, even if the, uh, even if it looks, the content looks good, but they might make a judge judgment based on, Hey, does this, is this person professional? Do they know what they're doing? Um, a lot of those judgments are going to come from, the look and feel of your marketing collateral in your website. So it's definitely, it's definitely well worth the money and investment into hiring somebody who does it well. And even social media. I mean, um, I manage right now my social media on my own, but I'm actually moving towards actually um, having somebody else do it for me. Somebody that, that does this on a day in day out basis because they can do it such a, a better work, a better job at it than, than I can. Uh, because that's what they do for, for a number of clients. Um, and, and also just frees up my time because while I can do it, you know, there's so many other things I should be doing to, to free up my time to be able to work on my business. That's more important. Not, not that social media is not important, but the things that I'm, I'm great at doing, like just creating more content for, for my customers, for, for, for courses, um, you know, those are things I can do. And those are the things that I, sh I can do best that I should be concentrating on and then just hire somebody else that 
that's better at it at this skill, like social media, than I am anyway, so let them do it. And then copywriting is also, I think that's copywriting is probably one of the more underrated, uh, underestimated um, investment that you can make for your marketing. You can have a nice web design. You can have a good graphic design. You can be doing social, uh, have the great hashtags and all that. But good copy is, is the thing that can draw the audience in. It stops them in their tracks with a great subject or headline and then keeps them with great engaging copy. Many times people will, even if they maybe see your, your post or let's just say maybe um, see a piece of advertising or a flyer, hey, it looks great. But then as they read the copy, they get bored and they, they tune out. And so having great copy is actually definitely an underestimated um, piece of investment that you can make in your marketing approach. And it's the thing that can pay the biggest dividends. Like one of the things I was, I've been counseling one of my clients in is increasing the open rates for their e-blasts. Um, their open rates um, are a lot of times less than 10%, which is terrible. Um, getting to about 20% is pretty much average across different industries. Um, but their list is organically cultivated. They didn't have a lot of, um, you know, they didn't do like any ads and try to get, you know, people to opt in for the newsletter or whatever, but it was really organic. Just people come to the website organically through a search through Google and they just will sign up for the newsletter because it has a little caption on the bottom of the webpage to sign up for the newsletter. I mean, there's no pop-ups, you know, to say sign up or you get a free gift and all that stuff. I'm doing purely organic. And their list is over 3,000 people, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a mix of people signing up in the newsletter on the website, but also the events that they've held and just people signing up. So that list of 3,000, probably more like 3,500 to 4,000, uh, purely organically uh, cultivated list. And so to me, you know, an open rate of 10, less than 10% is, is absolutely terrible. I mean, it's terrible no matter how you look at it, but especially for an organically uh, cultivated list, I said, I believe we can get it to about 40%. Because just because the fact that these are people that, you know, just said they wanted to, to follow you. But whatever it is in the subject line, it's just not capturing the interest. And a lot of it is because their their emails are always selling stuff. So that, that's, that's an issue in itself. <laughs> so we have to, you know, make sure that the plan for the, for the emails is not to just sell, 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 but it's to provide something of value that can help the reader. But also the copy, the subject line. And so we got to test out different subject lines so that'll, stop person in their track and say, okay, I'm going to open this. This is for me. Right. So it's, it's, it's very just subject lines in itself for emails are the key things that can increase your open rate or and increase your engagement rate. So good copy. And, and then think about this, you know, when you're, if you have about a 10% conversion rate, if you are selling something through the email, if you have a 10% conversion rate, and your, you know, your open rate is 10%, like this client. Now think about if you doubled your open rate or tripled your open rate, have the same 10% conversion rate, what is that going to do to sales, right? So copy, just anyways, don't mean to beat a dead horse, but copy is, is huge. And actually right now for, 
for a new program that my wife and I are doing. We hired a copywriter um, to to do all the copy for the brochure and the website and all that um, because we want to put our base foot our best face forward. I don't know if I said that correctly. <laughs> Anyways, um, so let me just recap. What so what gets what's going to get results for you as a when you do marketing? Number one is invest wisely. Right, I kind of said that basically in the beginning is create a plan and set a budget so you know how to invest your time and money. Consistency is key. <clears throat> no matter what type of marketing you're going to do, social media, let's just say you're 100% of your marketing approach is going to be <clears throat> dedicated to our social media, or maybe it's e-blasts, or maybe you're just going to do a lot of pay-per-click ads. I mean, whatever the case may be, consistency is the thing that's going to get results because usually first time in the gate, um, you're not going to get a, a, a lot of opens or a lot of posts or, I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of gate into your social media or whatever, or maybe your ads. But over time, especially because, like I said, your, your plans don't always go perfect when you first start. So you have to pivot. You have to make some adjustments. And so, if, so giving yourself at least three months to decide whether or not you should keep moving forward or scrapping it is important because those three months will allow you to kind of continue to pivot and make adjustments to your marketing approach and then eventually it starts working. So consistency is, is key um, because a lot of times people give up too quickly because they, they expect results fast and that's just not how it works in general. Now, sometimes it can. Sometimes a video of yours might go viral right off the bat. But most of the time, it doesn't for most people. You know, most people, your videos, they never get a viral video, but just through consistency, they build their audience. So a viral video can build an audience quick, but for most people, for most business, it never happens. But the consistency allows them to cultivate and build a following over time. That's kind of the slow and steady approach, right? So be consistent. Um, Try not to do it yourself. <laughs> Maybe you might be good at some aspects of marketing, but most likely you're not great at everything. So maybe do the things that you're really good at, but then outsource the things that you're not at. Because unfortunately, do-it-yourselfers, because they're trying to save money, it actually costs them more money and time because they just don't do it right. And even if they don't spend a lot of money, it's just a waste of time because they're not, they're not great at what they do. And so that's why I see a lot of um, social media sites, a lot of websites that are just dormant, that aren't doing anything because they just gave up because they're just not good at it and didn't get results. And so that's why it, it kind of, you know, I kind of chuckle when I hear people say, oh, Facebook doesn't work or social media doesn't work or websites don't work. Well, you don't need that because it never it doesn't work. It didn't work for me. Well, that's because they try to do it all themselves, you know. So don't try to do it all yourself. Hire professionals and then start small and then grow into your marketing efforts. Again, goes back to setting that budget and then just growing into it and get bigger and bigger and bigger as you get as you get results. So start small and then grow into your marketing efforts. So I hope this helps. These are marketing lessons that I've learned um, for myself as well as as I've been working with clients. And so I hope this helps and then take it for yourself and and I'm sure you'll you'll have some result great results. So thanks again for listening to the Purpose and Profitability podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, and excuse me for my, the frog in my throat I had this towards the end of, the, end of this episode, but uh, go ahead and email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com, or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. 
So tune in again next week as we go live. And I think I have a special guest as well. Um, this is Robert Fukui. Remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.